Hi, friend. Welcome to North City Church's podcast. We're a community that loves our neighbors in the way of Jesus. And we hope that this message or teaching empowers you to do just that in your everyday life. If you want to learn more about the ways our community is trying to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and online at NorthCityChurchMPLS.com. Enjoy the message. How's it going, everybody? I brought my um, my baby wipes from my diaper bag. If you're feeling like the barbecue is a little bit much, I'm just going to put them right there. They are u- useful, you know, because I know I had to, like, wipe down my kids and then wipe down myself. So as, as Kara said, you had to, like, you have to get it on you somehow to be, for it really to be barbecue. Oh, yeah, right there. Well, I'm Christian Ann, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm just grateful that we can be here. Who, who remembers when we were here like two years ago? I mean, this is like nostalgia. <laughs> it's so good. I, there's something really cool about even just remembering how things have changed and how things are still the same and, and some of the people here in the room, um, how we've grown, and I'm just really grateful. So... Um, <clears throat> This evening, we are continuing in our conversation um, called Growing Pains. And if you're kind of like, what, what's the big point? Um, JD and I were talking about it, and we're just asking the big question of what does it mean to mature in your relationship with God? That's kind of what we're getting at when we're talking about growing pains. Um, how, how do we adult how do we get to an adulting point with our relationship with God? Um, and so tonight's scripture is going to be in uh, Matthew 12. If you want to turn there, this is harder than I thought here. Um, and we're talking about family. So, so Kara, I love you started off with we are family. I was singing with you. <laughs> That was one of the songs in my family we would actually say when, like, we would do a weird thing. We would just start singing that. Like, yep, we're family. Like, that's just how it goes, you know. Um, so let me, let me start us off with, uh, with the story. Oh, wait, let, let, me, let me pause here. So kind of a, a funny thing, um, when I think about moving to Minnesota. So my, my family, my mom's side is all from Minnesota. So I spend a lot of time here, but I moved here in 2005. And um, I remember, so I was 18 when I moved, no, 17 when I moved here. I just graduated from college. I was a young and when I graduated, or high school, sorry, high school. <laughs> that would be really advanced. <laughs> really advanced. Um <clears throat> I just graduated from high school, and I was coming out to go to Bethel, and I, I was so excited to meet all my, my newest best friends, right? Like when you, I don't know if some of you were completely intimidated by the, by the college experience, or like maybe some of you didn't go to college, but the, for me, I was in it for the friends. I was in it for the education, but I was mostly in it for the friends, um, and so my freshman year, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like I get to be myself. Like, I just knew it was going to be a place where I could do all the pranks that I've been waiting to pull. Because I was the middle child, and I was the girl, so, like, all the pranks were pulled on me growing up. So, anyway, I was super pumped, and I get to the first weekend thinking, this is, like, where we're going to meet everybody. 
and everybody goes home. And I was like, what the heck, Bethel? Like, I went to Bethel University, and I thought, what, what's going on? Like, I want to meet all my people, and I'm ready to hang out. And there was like half of us on the floor, on the freshman floor. And I thought, that is so weird. I was like, okay, well, maybe people are just a little homesick or they're, you know, not really getting into it. But, like, that was the trend. People who were even staying in the freshman dorms, like, every, so many people went home. Well, as I came to understand, um, Minnesota has this extreme and very strong cultural value towards family. I don't know, that, that was kind of my, my sort of understanding of it as I continued throughout college. As I noticed people, whether they lived 10 minutes away or whether they lived an hour away, like a lot of people would make the trip home. And I noticed that then after, notice, noticed, I, I've, I've picked it up since I've been here for now 15 years. Okay. <laughs> um, I noticed this. And then now it's not just, you know, going home from college it is going to the cabin. Like, this is a big thing. Like, people go and they spend time with their families, either with the cabin or maybe they, they're not with their families and they have a cabin. It's a family cabin, though, and it's kind of like this thing. And, and, and I think that, in general, like, that is a, a place of privilege. You know, not everybody has a cabin, but, like, spending time together as a family and this Midwest sort of rootedness around, like, people are close by. Um, I then went on to marry JD um, in 2013. And when I was meeting all of his family, I then learned that most of his extended family lives within the same zip code. And I'm not, like, it's not a small extended family. There's a family of five men, five boys, that then had families. And there's only one cousin outside of us now that lives outside of the zip code. And now she's moving back. So then we're going to be the only ones. <laughs> like family really matters in the Midwest. And I think that that, I just want to notice that. And that's a cultural value. That's something that whether you grew up in that or whether you're kind of moving into that, that is a cultural value. And I think what, what the, the curriculum that we've been going through and sort of what we've been trying to notice, uh, we've been using a curriculum called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And we're trying to help people notice, like, okay, what are, what are the messages that I grew up with? What are the ways, what are the things that are just sort of built into me that affect how I relate with God? And noticing your cultural scripts and the culture you come from and the family you come from really matters in how you relate to God. Because then how your family related to God, or if your family did relate to God in any way, that's going to influence how you relate to God. So I thought that would be an interesting way to, to think and to start, like to notice some of the cultural things and to notice the ways that that influenced you and to say some of that can be really good, some of that can just be what it is, sort of neutral, and some of that could not be so great in ways that we've been influenced by these cultures um, whether they are racialized or whether they're ethnic or whether they're just geographical or biological. So the story we're coming into tonight is uh, found in Matthew 12. And Jesus has been talking uh, to a group of people for uh, sort of we're coming to an end of a, of a teaching session. And um, 
It says, while Jesus was even still talking, this is in verse 46, while Jesus was even still talking to the crowd, his mother and his brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak with you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And I think that when I first heard that scripture, I thought, man, he's kind of throwing his family under the bus. Like, that was what my first thought was. Um, But if you notice, he's not saying that anything they're doing is wrong. But he's saying he's sort of redefining family. He's, He's inviting us to rethink who our true family is and, and redefining family in general. And so it's good. He's, he's I mean, in, in his culture, like, family was everything in the Middle East, in the ancient Near East, too. Like, and what family you were going to marry into or what family uh, you associated with and what tribe you came from. I mean, all of that really mattered. And so he is totally like opening up the idea of like, wait, they are my family? And, and challenging that, that concept. And so what Jesus does here is it's, it's a lot less about um, sort of throwing his family under a bus or saying that, that biological or your physical family ma- doesn't matter. I don't think that's what he's saying at all. But it is pretty clear that I think he is a little bothered that, that there's an interruption happening. Um, or that there's a distraction happening because he was just coming out like they were a persistent group of people, who his mother and his brother. Um, and this interruption sort of invites an opportunity to say, okay, who, who then is your family? And he's redefining the family of God as being the people who follow, as he says here in verse 50, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And so Jesus is doing something new as he points to his disciples and says, this is the group of people that we can begin to call family because we're being defined and and brought together and bonded together by a way of life, by a, a way of living. And then he goes on to say later on, like, talks about this agape love and how then the adoption language is used um, in the gospel as well. They were adopted. He, he calls God Abba, which means father. And so it's not just the people who are blood related to you, but it's this adoption into a bigger picture family that we're all sort of doing things that, that show off God's way, God's way of doing things. Um, I, I'm in a class right now, um, or I just finished a class in, I'm doing a marriage and family therapy program. And we were having this big picture conversation, like, what is your definition of family? And like, I felt all this pressure to define that. Um, and the family of God or the church family that was talked about. And it was interesting. This one woman said to me or said to the, to the class, you know, I don't know if I've missed something because for me going like the church family, I, I don't really know what people are talking about. Like we would just go to church and then we'd go and watch the football game afterwards. Like that's just what we did. We just, when we didn't really talk to people, we didn't really know people. We just like, so 
you all talking about this like big family of God thing, and I'm, I don't really know what you mean by that. And she was just being really honest. And I think what happens when we just define the family of God by like this church that we attend versus us living a different way and, and exuding the Father's love and exuding this Jesus way of living that is supposed to be super different, we miss out on, on what Jesus meant here. He said, yeah, it can be your, your blood family. They don't go away. But it's also the people who are living in the way of Jesus, who are disciples of Jesus. And Jesus continues to do this. And one of my favorite times that he does this is on the cross um, at the very end of his life. And he, one of the few things that's recorded in, that he shared and that he spoke while in such excruciating pain is he looked at the apostle or the, the disciple John, who he refers, uh, he called himself in that, the one who um, is loved, John refers to himself. And he says that he looks at the, the disciple who's loved and his own mother and says, mother, this is your son. And John, this is your mother. And he redefines God's love as the one bringing those two together. Take care of one another. And it says, from that moment, John brought her into his household. And so I just want to just open up and challenge a little bit our definition of family. Um, I know that we, we live in, in a world and in the Midwest where family is, is blood-related. But there are a lot of people who really are looking for a place to belong. Um, and there was a season in, in JD's in my family life that we, uh, we lived in community. And we lived with someone who, like, it was one, it was one young lady, and, like, she put up with us <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like, we were a growing family figuring out our thing. But there was a place that, as she left, as she moved on to live by herself, um, she just said, like, you really sh showed me something different. And there were moments when I thought, like, I don't even know if, like, this is a positive experience for her. Like, I think it was. It really was. Um, but there was a place of belonging for her in a different way in those two years of her life. And I just want to encourage you to think about who are the people that may, God might be encouraging you to notice that they could become, like, a brother or a mother to you, because there's something different that God does when he bonds us by our his love. Um, and so how, how might God might want to open up and challenge your definition of family? Maybe not, not make it so nuclear. He might want to show you something different. And then to think about, so these are kind of two different questions you can think about around your tables, if you'd like, to think about the role your family has played in shaping you. Because if we're going to redefine family as the ways that we live in accordance with God's love and we're moving in this certain direction together, then that, that's saying we want to be shaped by God. We want to be shaped by his love. We want to be shaped by Jesus' story. That, it, what if that's our new definition of family, blood-related or not? What are the roles that your family played in shaping you? Um, and were those good? Did that affect how you then see God? Did that affect how you um, 
you know, relate to God in faith or whatever. Um, and so those, those are the two questions I want you to ponder because Jesus, he challenged our definition of family. And so just to wonder about that and then to think about the role that your family has played in shaping you. And we always say it's not a requirement for you to talk about these things around your table, um, but if it's helpful to have those two launching questions to sort of wonder how, how is it that your family shaped you in understanding God um, and then opening up and challenging your definition of family as, as a Minnesotan or not, as a transplant here, and, and to think about that and process that around your table. So, And then we'll give you about... Uh, 10, 15 minutes to share and to get to know people a little bit more, and then um, we'll bring you back, and feel free to get any more food. Do we still have some leftovers? Okay, a little. We've cleaned it up. That's good. (laughs) All right, you guys can feel free to discuss. Hey, here's what's going on at North City. Here are some things just to continue to keep on your radar. So uh, the next thing outside of our next Uh, community dinner which is Sunday is worship night so next Thursday so that's the 28th of October we have a worship night in collaboration with Mill City at the Mill City Church Commons if you've not been to one of these worship nights I really encourage you to come to this one because uh, the way that the holidays fall we uh, this is our last one of the year so uh, if you've really been craving sort of just really concentrated space of corporate worship. Kara, in collaboration with Pastor Ashish from Mill City, really create a wonderful worship, uh, worshipful environment. And uh, it's a really valuable experience. So uh, go. Uh, Mill City Commons, uh, October 28th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, is when that will be. And then, of course, uh, after that, the following Sunday, the 31st of October, we're helping uh, Weber Park to throw a trunk or treat event. And um, it's in the rhythm of when we would normally be gathering for our community dinner. And I'm starting to hear from some of you all in ways that you're able to help. Um, but we really could use uh, some more help, particularly in the setup and the, f- and the food stuff. So if you're already on a host team and you can and you have that early evening slot open uh, before your Halloween plans or something like that and you're able to help we could really use some folks to come help set up at 3:30 and then hang out uh, to serve food right at five at the beginning of it I'm still looking for some more folks uh, to help with games and then uh, any more creative folks filling up uh, for decorating trunks the more the merrier so uh, it's really a fun time. I can't uh, stress enough how meaningful it is for the park for us uh, to partner with them in this way and how awesome of an opportunity it is for us to meet neighbors, to share who we are and just share a meal with them, uh, say hello, get to know them beyond that. But what a cool way to be present in the neighborhood on Halloween, which, you know, is a night that doesn't really celebrate things that we often do as Christians, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, there's a lot of celebration of darkness on that day, and this is an opportunity to be light in a, a dark night uh, that is spooky, weird spiritual stuff happens that night, and what a way for us to share the good news of Jesus' love in the midst of that by serving and by uh, being present to our neighborhood in this way. So 
if you're on the fence, come help us out. Uh, come eat. Come hang out. It'll just be really fun, too, y'all. It'll be really good. Uh, and then out from there, um, November, we're in our community dinner rhythm every week at 5. We've got more teaching nights coming up, more digital content that will drop the end of October. I'm excited for that. That's coming from Pastor Edwin Williams from Sanctuary. It'll be really really good teaching so look out for that um the other thing i'd just say is just invite friends to this guys it's so fun i i love eating with you all i love being with you all um and i really have a conviction that this way of loving our neighbors is for more uh people than just who are a part of north city right now so invite away uh invite them to come and share a meal with us so Appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great week. Um, We'll see you Sunday.